0: Welcome to the Banner of Truth broadcast. This program is brought to you by the Free Reformed Churches of North America. Your host is Pastor Jack Schumann, pastor of the Emmanuel Free Reformed Church of Abbotsford, British Columbia. And now, here is Pastor Jack Schumann. Our scripture reading this morning is taken from Paul's Epistle to the Romans, chapter 14. Hear the word of the Lord. Receive one who is weak in the faith, but not to disputes over doubtful things. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat, and let not him who does not eat judge him who eats, for God has received him. Who are you to judge another's servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand. For God is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day, observes it to the Lord. And he who does not observe the day, to the Lord he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives God thanks. And he who does not eat, to the Lord he does not eat, and gives God thanks." For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and rose and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. But why do you judge your brother, or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ." For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, each of us shall give account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another any more, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man who eats with offense. It is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine, nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself and what he approves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. In this connection with this, we will also read from Philippians chapter 4, verse 5, which is also our text for the sermon today. And there the Apostle Paul writes, Let your gentleness be made known to all men. The Lord is at hand. May the Lord bless the reading and the preaching of his holy and infallible word to our hearts. Dear friends, the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ possesses and practices, or at least ought to possess and practice, several godly graces and attitudes. He is, for example, to be peaceable and gracious, loving, kind, merciful, compassionate, helpful, discerning, faithful. Well, our text this morning mentions yet another grace. It is the grace of gentleness. The believer in the Lord Jesus Christ is, or ought to be, a gentle person. Now, gentleness is becoming more and more rare nowadays. You don't see much gentleness among politicians today. You don't see it much on the job either, or even among your neighbors. At times, you don't see much gentleness in the church either. And this is wrong. And that is because gentleness is one of the chief marks of a child of God. The Apostle Paul says as much in the words of our text in Philippians 4, verse 5. There Paul writes yet again, Let your gentleness be made known to all men, the Lord is at hand. And it's to these words that we turn our attention with the help of the Lord today. Our theme is the duty of Christian gentleness. And we'll see that this duty is first of all commanded and secondly reinforced. The words of our text are part of a series of short but very important exhortations that begin in Philippians 4 and verse 1. There the Apostle Paul exhorts the Philippians to stand fast in the Lord. Then he goes on in verses 2 and 3 to command Yodia and Syntyche, two prominent women in the congregation, to be of the same mind in the Lord. Then in verse 4 he writes, Rejoice in the Lord always, always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Well, now we come to verse 5 of this chapter. And there the apostle writes, Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Now, it's clear from the wording here that the Philippians were already gentle. They just needed to live it out in their daily lives. And that's what Paul is challenging them to do here. They need to be gentle, he says, To all men. They need to make their gentleness known to all men. Now the first question that arises in this connection is what exactly does the Apostle mean by gentleness? What does it mean to be gentle? Well the Greek word that Paul uses here can have a wide variety of meanings. It can be translated as gracious, forbearing, unselfish, kind, yielding, magnanimous, big-hearted, moderate, and reasonable. It's used several times in the New Testament. It's used in 1 Timothy 3, verse 3. And there in that chapter, Paul lists the qualifications for elders. And he writes that an elder must be a man who is not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous you notice that the word gentle here is placed next to and in opposition to the word quarrelsome. So gentle is the opposite of quarrelsome. James 3 verse 17, the same word is associated with being peaceable. James writes, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, and good fruits without partiality, and without hypocrisy. You'll notice again that peaceable and gentle are two words that are placed side by side. Similarly, in Titus 3 verse 2, Paul writes that elders are to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. Here again, the word gentle appears next to the word peaceable. And so it's clear, therefore, what is in view is, in this word, is having consideration for others. It's about being sensitive to others, not insisting on your own rights, even if that is not to your advantage, not being argumentative or demanding. That's what the word means. One revered and godly commentator explains this word as follows. He says, gentleness lies not in exerting authority and power to the uttermost, at least with rigor, but in showing clemency and lenity, not dealing with men according to the severity of laws and strict justice, but according to equity and with mildness and gentleness, giving up strict and proper right, receding from what is a man's due and not rigidly insisting on it, putting up with affronts and injuries and bearing them with patience, and interpreting things in the best sense, and putting the best constructions on words and actions they will bear, and in using inferiors and equals with all humanity, kindness, and respect. So probably the best translation of this word would be something like gracious or forbearing, This is the attitude that Christians are to display. This is the kind of people that they are to be. We are to be gracious and forbearing. Now, to be sure, Paul here is not making an absolute statement. He's not saying that we need to be gracious and forbearing or gentle at all times and with all people, no matter what. There are limits to gentleness. For example, Paul here is not commanding us to be gentle towards false teachers. Paul wasn't either. Earlier in this epistle, in chapter 3, verse 2, he calls the Judaizers dogs and evil workers and the mutilation. So you see, Paul minced no words in condemning false teaching in all of its forms. Neither did Jesus or any of the other apostles. And my friend, neither should we. Nor is Paul saying that we should be soft in immorality. Again, Paul wasn't either. In Philippians 1, verses 9 through 11, He prays that the Philippians might be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And in Philippians 1, verse 27, he writes, Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. And in Philippians 2, verse 14 and 15, he writes, Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. So Paul expected that believers should live morally upright lives, and so should we. The point is, there are matters on which the believer may not compromise, may not give in, may not tolerate. We do not have to, nor should we be gentle at all times in every circumstance. Sometimes we need to be firm. Now sadly, however, that's exactly what we see happening in the church today. Many mainline Protestant churches are compromising on the truth of God in order to keep their denominations together. And so, for example, allowances made for evolutionary views on creation or for women serving in the office of pastor and elder or homosexual marriage and other things that are clearly contrary to the word of God. And you may ask, why is this happening? Well, because gentleness to these churches is more important than the truth. The thinking in these churches is that we cannot be judgmental. No one has a corner in the truth. And therefore, we need to open up dialogue, even with those who do not believe what the scriptures teach. And if we still cannot agree, then we need to just set aside our differences and just love each other. But dear friends, this is completely wrong. Gentleness must never be at the expense of truth. Truth is always paramount, regardless of of the consequence. So, when then are we to be gentle? Well, we are to be gentle over matters that are indifferent, matters on which the scriptures do not address one way or the other as being right or wrong. We have a good illustration of this very thing in Romans chapter 14, which we read earlier. In this chapter, Paul addresses two indifferent matters, the first of which is food. Apparently, there were some in the church of Rome who ate whatever was given to them while others ate only vegetables. Now, why they did that is not clear. But whatever the reason, Paul calls the ones who eat vegetables only weak, probably because they did not understand that for the Christian, all foods are lawful. The second item that he addresses in this chapter is the matter of feast days. Again, there were some in the Church of Rome who observed certain feast days, while others did not. Now, some will say that Paul here was speaking about the Sabbath day. And that allows them to say that the Sabbath day is an indifferent matter. You can observe it if you want to, but you don't have to. To be sure, you should go to church on Sunday morning, they say, but the rest of the day is for yourself. You're free to do as you please. But friends, that is not true. The observance of the Sabbath day is enshrined in the moral law of God, in the Ten Commandments, and therefore it is applicable to all people at all times and in all places nor has it been abrogated by the coming of Christ. For Jesus himself observed the Sabbath day, as did his disciples. Most likely, Paul here is speaking about other religious feast days, like the Passover feast or the Feast of Pentecost, which, for whatever reason, some of the Jewish members of the Church of Rome continue to observe, probably for cultural reasons. Well, whatever the case may be, Paul says that whatever one that whether one observes certain days or not is completely immaterial. Why? He tells us in verses 7 through 9. There he writes, For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and rose and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead the dead and the living. Paul's point is this As redeemed people, we belong to the Lord. Therefore whatever we, we do must be done for Him and to His glory. If we eat or if we do not eat certain foods, we must do it to His glory. If we observe or if we do not observe certain days, we must do that too, to His glory. What matters is not so much what we do or what we don't do, what matters is whether we do it for the Lord. Now, what also matters is our attitude towards our brother or sister who does not agree with us. Paul's point is that we should not stand in judgment over or look down upon those who disagree with us on indifferent matters, nor should we put a stumbling block before them. In other words, he's telling us not to exercise our liberty at the expense of our brother's liberty. While we may have perfect freedom to eat whatever we want, We should refrain from eating certain foods if we know that our brother is going to be offended by this. Now, this is exactly what Paul means when he says, Let your gentleness be made known to all men. He means, do not insist on getting your own way in everything. Rather, forbear, give in, be the least. But as mentioned, not only are we to act this way towards believers, we are also to act this way toward unbelievers. So Paul writes, Let your gentleness be made known to all men. Now that includes everybody, including people who are evil. Jesus put it like this, I tell you not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. So Jesus' point is, be gentle, even towards those who treat you wrongly and unfairly. Now we have a beautiful example of this from the life of Abraham. God had richly blessed Abraham and his nephew Lot. Both men had many servants and large flocks and herds of animals. Their flocks and herds were so large, in fact, that the land was not able to support both of them. Well, one day a fight broke out between the servants of Lot and the servants of Abraham as they jockeyed for the most favorable pastures for their flocks. When Abraham became aware of this, he proposed to Lot that they separate from each other. What is more, he gave Lot first choice as to where he wanted to settle. If Lot went to the left, Abraham would go to the right. If Abraham went to the right, then Lot would go to the left. Then we see that Lot. Then we read in the, in Genesis that Lot lifted up his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt as you go towards Zoar. Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east. And they separated from each other. Now you notice, Lot took the best land for himself. And at this point, Abraham could have launched an objection. He could have pulled rank on Lot and reminded him that he was the head of the household. What is more, he was older than Lot, and that alone should have dissuaded Lot from taking the best land for himself. But Abraham did none of these things, rather, he was gentle. He allowed Lot to take the best land for himself, and the Lord blessed him for it. For immediately after Lot departed, we read that the Lord appeared to Abram and promised to give him all the land of Canaan for his possession and to make his descendants as numerous as the dust of the earth. Well, dear friends, this is how the Lord wants us to be like as well. He wants us to be gentle to all men, Yes, even to those who treat us wrongly and unfairly. So let me ask you, what about you today? Are you a gentle person? Do you deal patiently with people? Do you always think the best of their actions and motives? Do you go the extra mile to avoid causing offense? And when you do, do you immediately seek to make amends? Or do you get upset and angry over the least thing? Do you harbor bitterness and anger in your heart towards those who have wronged you or offended you? Oh, my friend, make no mistake. Gentleness is not an option. It is a requirement for every Christian. And that is why Paul uses the imperative mood in this verse. The imperative mood in the Greek language expresses a command. So Paul is not suggesting or even recommending that we make our gentleness known to all men. No, he is commanding it. This is what God, through his Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, commands not only him, but all believers to be like. Every Christian must make known their gentleness to all men, to believers and unbelievers alike. Well, let me ask you, Are you doing that today? Now, I know this isn't easy, and Paul knows this too, and that's why he also provides a powerful incentive. And that brings us to our second point. After commanding the Philippians to let their gentleness be made known to all men, the Apostle Paul adds these words. He says, the Lord is at hand. Now, at first glance, you may wonder, what does this have to do with being gentle? What's the connection between these two parts of the verse? Well, this phrase, the Lord at hand, can be interpreted in one of two ways. It can be interpreted temporally. In this case, the phrase, the Lord is at hand, refers to his second coming. Now, if that's what Paul means, then he's saying this He's saying, let your gentleness be made known to all men, because the Lord is coming soon. And when he does, he will make all things right. He will vindicate his people, he will avenge them against their adversaries, and settle all disputes. Or he could be saying, let your gentleness be made known to all men, because if you don't, then the Lord will judge you for it. Now that's one possible interpretation. Another interpretation is this. We could interpret this phrase locally. In this case, the phrase, the Lord is at hand, refers to his presence in and among his people and his readiness to help them in their time of need. It's comparable to what we read in Psalm 145 verse 18. There the psalmist writes, "The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth." Now, if this is what Paul was meaning, then he would be saying, "Let your gentleness be made known to all men because being near, he hears and knows all things." Or because he is near, He will empower you to do as he asks of you if you look to him. Now, which of these interpretations are correct? Well, certainly both of them make sense. But it's likely that Paul here is speaking temporally. That's because the early church of Paul's day eagerly anticipated the second coming of Christ. And many even believed that he would return in their own lifetime. And so if that is the case, then Paul is commanding the Philippians to let their gentleness be made known to all men. Why? Because the Lord is coming soon. Now what a powerful incentive we have here to be gentle. The Bible says that at the end of time, the Lord Jesus Christ will return from heaven. And when he does, all men will stand before his judgment seat. And they will be judged according to the things that they have said and done in this life. And that includes believers. We sometimes think that believers will not be judged because their sins are all forgiven. But that is not true. We will all be judged. And the judgment we receive will determine how great our reward will be in heaven. Not that we should be gentle only to get a reward. Of course not. But it is an incentive which is why the Bible reveals to us that there will be rewards in the first place. But there's another incentive here. We should be gentle because Christ is gentle. In fact, Christ was the ultimate model of gentleness, wasn't he? In 2 Corinthians 10, verse 1, Paul appeals to the Corinthians by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. And that word gentleness here is the same word, that is used in our text. It's as though Paul is saying, I am appealing to you on behalf of Christ, who is the ultimate model of gentleness. Now, when did Christ display such gentleness? Well, he did so many times. How gentle he was with his disciples. When James and John asked if they could sit on his right hand and on his left when he came into his kingdom, and when the other disciples were angry with them, Jesus did not respond in kind. Instead, he gathered them together and taught them that the truly great ones in the kingdom of heaven are those who serve. When Jesus and the disciples arrived in the upper room in Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover feast, John tells us there was a basin of water and a towel, but no servant to wash their feet, as was the custom in those days. Now at first, Jesus did nothing. He waited to see if any of the disciples would take this task upon themselves. But none of them did, sadly, for they were all too proud. And so, rather than rebuke them, he got up and did it himself. When Peter denied him, the Lord asked three times if he loved him. When Peter said that he did, he restored him to his position as an apostle of Jesus Christ. Time and time again our Lord demonstrated gentleness towards his disciples. Now to be sure, at other times he was not so gentle, such as when he pronounced woes on the scribes and Pharisees, and when he chased the money changers and those who sold livestock out of the temple precincts, and he was right in doing so. But his disciples, with his disciples, he was always gentle. And dear friends, is he not also gentle with us? How many times have we not provoked him to wrath because of our sins? And how many times have we not asked for and received forgiveness for those sins? Oh, more times than we can count. And if the Lord has been so gentle towards us, should we not be gentle towards others? Indeed, we should, at least if we claim to be his followers. Therefore, dear friends, be gentle. If the Lord has been and continues to be gentle towards us, then we should be gentle towards each other. And if you're not, what if you're not this kind of person? Well, then something is seriously wrong. Then if you are a Christian, you're not acting like one, in which case you need to repent and ask the Lord to further sanctify you. And if you are not acting like one, it may very well be that you're not a Christian at all, in which case you need to repent and ask the Lord to convert you. Either way, hear the words of our text. Let your gentleness be made known to all men, for the Lord is at hand. Amen. We always appreciate hearing from our listeners. If you were blessed by or have a comment on the message you have heard today, we'd very much appreciate hearing from you. Our mailing address is Banner of Truth three three eight six Mount Lehman Road. Lehman is spelled l e h m a n abbotsford british columbia v four x two m nine If you would like to listen to the message you've just heard again or if you would like more information about our program, including how to contact us and how to listen to other messages on this program, please visit our website at banner of Truth radio. Dot com. That's all one word, BannerOfTruthRadio.com. Support for this program is provided by the Free Reformed Churches of North America. For more information about our churches, including where you can find a church nearest you, please visit our denominational website at www.frcna.org. Your financial support for this program is welcome and deeply appreciated. If the Lord has placed in your heart a desire to help us to offset the costs of broadcasting this program on this station, you can send us a check in any amount. Again, our mailing address is 3386 Mount Lehman Road, Abbotsford, British Columbia, V4X 2M9. Or you can make a donation right on our webpage. Our webpage, again, is banneroftruthradio.com. Thank you for listening, and now until next week, may the Lord be with you all.